Good evening, and welcome to the Sleep with Josh podcast. It's the podcast where you sleep with Josh. I am comedian Josh Yang, and every episode I read various pieces of literature in my trademark monotone voice to help you drift off to sleep. Literature like the dictionary, laws, various manuals, the different terms of services that everyone agrees to but never really reads, and other random boring ideas. This podcast will deliver readings of open source and public domain material while also reviewing and adding commentary to other subject materials in respect of fair use and fair dealing. In respect of the current Black Lives Matter protests in the United States and around the world, I myself was interested in reading the landmark Civil Rights Act of 1964. This piece of legislature was signed on July 2nd, 1964, by President Lyndon B. Johnson, and ended public segregation and discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin across various sectors of U.S. society. It was expanded upon in further amendments, such as the Equal Employment Opportunity Act of 1972 and the Civil Rights Act of 1991. I know it's been a crazy couple of weeks in the world, so sit back, close your eyes, and relax as much as possible, because you'll get tired and woke of this podcast guaranteed Civil Rights Act of 1964 Public Law 88-352 HR 71 52, July 2nd, 1964. An Act. To enforce the constitutional right to vote, to confer jurisdiction upon the district courts of the United States, to provide injunctive relief against discrimination in public accommodations, to authorize the Attorney General to institute suits, to protect constitutional rights in public facilities and public education, to extend the Commission on Civil Rights, to prevent discrimination in federally assisted programs, to establish a Commission on Equal Employment Opportunity, and for other purposes. Be it enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives 
of the United States of America in Congress assembled that this act may be cited as the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Title I, Voting Rights, Operation and Enforcement, Section 101, Section 2004 of the Revised Statutes, in brackets, 42 U.S.C. 1971, as amended by Section 131 of the Civil Rights Act, of 1957, in brackets, 71 stat, 637, and as further amended by section 601 of the Civil Rights Act of 1960, in brackets, 74 stat, 90, is further amended as follows. Subsection A, insert in quotes one after in quotes A, in subsection A, and add at the end of subsection A, the following new paragraphs. Two, A, voting qualifications, no person acting under color of law shall, in determining whether any individual is qualified under state law or laws to vote in any federal election, apply any standard, practice, or procedure different from the standards, practices, or procedures applied under such law or laws to other individuals within the same county, parish, or similar political subdivision who have been found by state officials to be qualified to vote. B. Registration. No person acting under color of law shall deny the right of any individual to vote in any federal election because of an error or omission on any record or paper relating to any application, registration, or other act requisite to voting. If such error or omission is not material in determining whether such individual is qualified under state law to vote in such election, or c. Literacy tests and records. No person acting under color of law shall employ any literacy test as a qualification for voting in any federal election unless 1. Such test is administered to each individual and is conducted wholly in writing and 
two, a certified copy of the test and of the answers given by the individual is furnished to him within 25 days of the submission of his request made within the period of time during which records and papers are required to be retained and preserved pursuant to Title III of the Civil Rights Act of 1960. Provided, however, that the Attorney General may enter into agreements with appropriate state or local authorities that preparation, conduct, and maintenance of such tests in accordance with the provision of applicable state or local law, including such special provisions as are necessary in the preparation, conduct, and maintenance of such tests for persons who are blind or otherwise physically handicapped meet the purposes of this subparagraph and constitute compliance therewith. 3. For purposes of this subsection, a. The term vote shall have the same meaning as in subsection E of this section. b. The phrase literary test includes any test of the ability to read, write, understand, or interpret any matter. Sub b. Insert immediately following the period at the end of the first sentence of subsection C, the following new sentence. If in any such proceeding literacy is a relevant fact, there shall be a rebuttable presumption that any person who has not been adjudged an incompetent and who has completed the sixth grade in a public school in or a private school accredited by any state or territory, the District of Columbia, or the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, where instruction is carried on predominantly in the English language possesses sufficient literacy, comprehension, and intelligence to vote in any federal election. Subsection C. Add the following subsection, quote-unquote, F, and designate the present subsection, quote-unquote, F, as subsection G. Subsection F. When used in subsection A or C of this section, the words federal election shall mean any general, special, or primary election, or primary election held solely 
or in part for the purpose of electing or selecting any candidate for the office of president, vice president, presidential elector, member of the Senate, or member of the House of Representatives. Subsection D. And the following subsection, H. H. In any proceeding instituted by the United States, in any district court of the United States, under this section, in which the Attorney General requests a finding of a pattern or practice of discrimination pursuant to subsection E of this section, the Attorney General, at the time he files the complaint or any defendant in the proceeding within 20 days after service upon him of the complaint may file with the clerk of such court a request that a court of three judges be convened to hear and determine the entire case. A copy of the request for a three-judge court shall be immediately furnished by such clerk to the chief judge of the circuit, in brackets, or in his absence, the presiding circuit judge of the circuit, in bracket, in which the case is pending upon receipt of the copy of such request it shall be the duty of the chief justice of the circuit or the presiding circuit judge as the case may be to designate immediately three judges in such circuit of whom at least one shall be a circuit judge and another of whom shall be a district judge of the court in which the proceeding was instituted to hear and determine such case and it shall be the duty of the judges so designated to assign the case for hearing at the earliest possible date to participate in the hearing and determination thereof and to cause the case to be in every way expedited. An appeal from the final judgment of such court will lie to the Supreme Court. In any proceeding brought under subsection C of this section, to enforce subsection B of this section, or in the event, neither the Attorney General nor any defendant files a request for a three-judge court in any proceeding authorized by this subsection, it shall be the duty of the chief judge of the district, or in his absence, the acting chief judge, in which the case is pending immediately to designate 
a judge in such district to hear and determine the case. In the event that no judge in the district is available to hear and determine the case, the chief judge of the district, or the acting chief judge, as the case may be, shall certify this fact to the chief judge of the circuit, in brackets, or in his absence, the acting chief judge, in bracket, who shall then designate a district or circuit judge of the circuit to hear and determine the case. It shall be the duty of the judge designated pursuant to this section to assign the case for hearing at the earliest practicable date and to cause the case to be in every way expedited. Title II Injunctive Relief Against Discrimination in Places of Public Accommodation Equal Access Section 201 A. All persons shall be entitled to the full and equal enjoyment of the goods, services, facilities, privileges, advantages, and accommodations of any place of public accommodation as defined in this section without discrimination or segregation on the ground of race, color, religion, or national origin. B. Establishments affecting interstate commerce. Each of the following establishments, which serves the public, is a place of public accommodation within the meaning of this title if its operations affect commerce or if discrimination or segregation by it is supported by state action. Sub 1. Lodgings. Any inn, hotel, motel, or other establishment which provides lodging to transient guests other than an establishment located within a building which contains not more than five rooms for rent or higher and which is actually occupied by the proprietor of such establishment as his residence. 2. Restaurants, etc. Any restaurant, cafeteria, lunchroom, lunch counter, soda fountain, or other facility principally engaged in selling food for consumption on the premises, including, but not limited to, any such facility located on the premises of any retail establishment or any gasoline station.
three, theaters, stadiums, etc. Any motion picture house, theater, concert hall, sports arena, stadium, or other place of exhibition or entertainment, and four, other covered establishments. Any establishment, A1, which is physically located within the premises of any establishment otherwise covered by this subsection, or A2, within the premises of which is physically located any such covered establishment, and B, which holds itself out as serving patrons of such covered establishment. Subsection C. Operations Affecting Commerce Criteria The operations of any establishment affect commerce within the meaning of this title if 1. It is one of the establishments described in paragraph 1 of subsection B. 2. In the case of an establishment described in paragraph 2 of subsection B, it serves or offers to serve interstate travelers or a substantial portion of the food which it serves or gasoline or other products which it sells has moved in commerce. 3. In the case of an establishment described in paragraph 3 of subsection B, it customarily presents films, performances, athletic teams, exhibitions, or other sources of entertainment which move in commerce. And 4. In the case of an establishment described in paragraph 4 of subsection B, it is physically located within the premises of or there is physically located within its premises an establishment the operations of which affect commerce within the meaning of this subsection. For the purposes of this section, Commerce means travel, trade, traffic, commerce, transportation, or communication among the several states or between the District of Columbia and any state, or between any foreign country or any territory or possession and any state or the District of Columbia, or between points in the same state, but through any other state, or the District of Columbia, or a foreign country. Subsection D. Support by State Action. Discrimination or segregation by an establishment is supported by state action within the meaning of this title if such discrimination or segregation 
is one carried on under color of any law, statute, ordinance, or regulation, or two is carried on under color of any custom or usage required or enforced by officials of the state or political subdivision thereof, or three is required by action of the state or political subdivision thereof. Subsection E. Private Establishments. The provisions of this title shall not apply to a private club or other establishment not in fact open to the public, except to the extent that the facilities of such establishment are made available to the customers or patrons of an establishment within the scope of subsection B. Section 202. Entitlement. All persons shall be entitled to be free at any establishment or place from discrimination or segregation of any kind on the ground of race, color, religion, or national origin if such discrimination or segregation is or purports to be required by any law, statute, ordinance, regulation, rule, or order of a state or any agency or political subdivision thereof. Section 203. Interference. No person shall a. Withhold, deny, or attempt to withhold, or deny, or deprive, or attempt to deprive any person of any right or privilege secured by Section 201 or 202, or b. Intimidate, threaten, or coerce, or attempt to intimidate, threaten, or coerce any person with the purpose of interfering with any right or privilege secured by Section 201 or 202, or c. Punish or attempt to punish any person for exercising or attempting to exercise any right or privilege secured by Section 201 or 202. Section 204. Restraining Orders, etc. Paragraph A. Whenever any person has engaged or there are reasonable grounds to believe that any person is about to engage in any act or practice prohibited by Section 203, a civil action for preventative relief, including an application for a permanent or temporary injunction, restraining order, or other order, 
may be instituted by the person aggrieved and, upon timely application, the court may, in its discretion, permit the Attorney General to intervene in such civil action if he certifies that the case is of general public importance. Upon application by the complainant, and in such circumstances as the court may deem just, the court may appoint an attorney for such complainant, and may authorize the commencement of the civil action without the payment of fees, costs, or security. Subparagraph B. Attorney's Fees Any action commenced pursuant to this title, the court, in its discretion, may allow the prevailing party, other than the United States, a reasonable attorney's fee as part of the costs, and the United States shall be liable for costs the same as a private person. Paragraph C. Notification of State. In the case of an alleged act or practice prohibited by this title which occurs in a state or political subdivision of a state which has a state or local law prohibiting such act or practice and establishing or authorizing a state or local authority to grant or seek relief from such practice or to institute criminal proceedings with respect thereto upon receiving notice thereof, no civil action may be brought under subsection A before the expiration of 30 days after written notice of such alleged act or practice has been given to the appropriate state or local authority by registered mail or in person, provided that the court may stay proceedings in such civil action pending the termination of state or local enforcement proceedings. Subsection D. Community Relations Service. In the case of an alleged act or practice prohibited by this title which occurs in a state or political subdivision of a state which has no state or local law prohibiting such act or practice, a civil action may be brought under subsection A, provided that the court may refer the matter to the Community Relations Service established by Title 10 of this Act. For as long as the court believes there is a reasonable possibility of obtaining voluntary compliance, but for not more 
than 60 days, provided further that upon expiration of such 60-day period, the court may extend such period for an additional period, not to exceed a cumulative total of 160 days, if it believes there then exists a reasonable possibility of securing voluntary compliance. Section 205. Hearings and Investigations. The service is authorized to make a full investigation of any complaint referred to it by the court under Section 204D and may hold such hearings with respect thereto as may be necessary. The service shall conduct any hearings with respect to any such complaint in executive session and shall not release any testimony given therein except by agreement of all parties involved in the complaint with the permission of the court and the service shall endeavor to bring about a voluntary settlement between the parties section 206 suits by attorney general subsection a whenever the attorney general has reasonable cause to believe that any person or group of persons is engaged in a pattern or practice of resistance to the full enjoyment of any of the rights secured by this title, and that the pattern or practice is of such a nature and is intended to deny the full exercise of the rights herein described, the Attorney General may bring a civil action in the appropriate district court of the United States by filing with it a complaint that is one signed by him in brackets or in his absence the acting attorney general in brackets two setting forth facts pertaining to such pattern or practice and three requesting such preventive relief, including an application for a permanent or temporary injunction, restraining order or other order against the person or persons responsible for such pattern or practice, as he deems necessary to ensure the full enjoyment of the rights herein described. Subsection B. In any such proceeding, the Attorney General may file with the clerk of such court a request that a court of three judges be convened to hear and determine the case. Such request by the Attorney General shall be accompanied by a certificate that, in his opinion, the case is of general public importance. A copy of the certificate and request for a three-judge court 
shall be immediately furnished by such clerk to the chief judge of the circuit, in brackets, or in his absence, the presiding circuit judge of the circuit, in which the case is pending, upon receipt of the copy of such request, it shall be the duty of the chief judge of the circuit, or the presiding circuit judge, as the case may be, to designate immediately three judges in such circuit, of whom at least one shall be a circuit judge, and another of whom shall be a district judge of the court in which the proceeding was instituted, to hear and determine such case. And it shall be the duty of the judges so designated to assign the case for hearing at the earliest practicable date, to participate in the hearing and determination thereof, and to cause the case to be in every way expedited. An appeal from the final judgment of such court will lie to the Supreme Court. In the event the Attorney General fails to file such a request in any such proceeding, it shall be the duty of the Chief Judge of the District, or in his absence, the Acting Judge, in which the case is pending immediately, to designate a judge in such district, to hear and determine the case. In the event that no judge in the district is available to hear and determine the case, the chief judge of the district, or the acting chief judge, as the case may be, shall determine this fact to the chief judge of the circuit, or in his absence, the acting ju chief judge, who shall then designate a district or circuit judge of the circuit to hear and determine the case. It shall be the duty of the judge designated pursuant to this section to assign the case for hearing at the earliest practicable date and to cause the case to be in every way expedited. Section 207, District Courts, Jurisdiction. Subsection A. The District Courts of the United States shall have jurisdiction of proceedings instituted pursuant to this title, and shall exercise the same without regard to whether the aggrieved party shall have exhausted any administrative or other remedies that may be provided by law. Subsection D. Subsection B. Enforcement. The remedies provided in this title shall be the exclusive means of enforcing the rights based on this title, but nothing in this title shall preclude any individual or any state or local agency from asserting any right based on any other federal or state law not inconsistent with this title, including any statute or ordinance requiring non-discrimination in public establishments or accommodations, 
or from pursuing any remedy, civil or criminal, which may be available for the vindication of enforcement of such right. Title Three: Desegregation of Public Facilities Section 301 Suits by Attorney General Subsection A Whenever the Attorney General receives a complaint in writing signed by an individual to the effect that he is being deprived of or threatened with the loss of his right to the equal protection of the laws on account of his race, color, religion, or national origin, by being denied equal utilization of any public facility which is owned, operated, or managed by or on behalf of any state or subdivision thereof other than a public school or public college as defined in section 401 of title 4 hereof and the attorney general believes the complaint is meritorious and certifies that the signer or signers of such complaint are unable in his judgment to initiate and maintain appropriate legal proceedings or relief and that the institution of an action will materially further the orderly progression of desegregation in public facilities. The Attorney General is authorized to institute for or in the name of the United States a civil action in any appropriate district court of the United States against such parties and for such relief as may be appropriate and such court shall have and shall exercise jurisdiction of proceedings instituted pursuant to this section. The Attorney General may implead as defendants such additional parties as are or become necessary to the grant of effective relief hereunder. Subsection B. The Attorney General may deem a person or persons unable to initiate and maintain appropriate legal proceedings within the meaning of subsection A of this section when such person or persons are unable either directly or through other interested persons or organizations to bear the expense of the litigation or to obtain effective legal representation or whenever he is satisfied that the institution of such litigation would jeopardize the personal safety employment or economic standing of such person or persons, their families, or their property. Section 302. Costs, Fees. In any action or proceeding under this title, the United States shall be liable for costs, 
including a reasonable attorney's fee, the same as a private person. Section 303. Nothing in this title shall affect adversely the right of any person to sue for or obtain relief in any court against discrimination in any facility covered by this title. Section 304. A complaint as used in this title is a writing or document within the meaning of Section 1001, Title 18 of the United States Code. Title 4. Desegregation of Public Education. Section 401. Definitions as used in this title. Subsection A. Commissioner means the Commissioner of Education. B. Desegregation means the assignment of students to public schools and within such schools without regard to their race, color, religion, or national origin. But, quote-unquote, desegregation shall not mean the assignment of students to public schools in order to overcome racial imbalance. C. Public school means any elementary or secondary educational institution, and public college means any institution of higher education or any technical or vocational school above the secondary school level, provided that such public school or public college is operated by a state, subdivision of a state, or governmental agency within a state, or operated wholly or predominantly from or through the use of government funds or property, or funds or property derived from a government source. D. School board means any agency or agencies which administer a system of one or more public schools and any other agency which is responsible for the assignment of students to or within such system. Survey and Report of Educational Opportunities in Section 402. The Commissioner shall conduct a survey and make a report to the President and the Congress within two years of the enactment of this title concerning the lack of availability of equal educational opportunities for individuals by reason of race, color, religion, or national origin in public educational institutions at any levels in the United States, its territories and possessions, and the District of Columbia. Technical Assistance, Section 403. The Commissioner is authorized upon the application of any school board, state, municipality, school district, or other governmental unit legally responsible for operating a public school or schools to render technical assistance to such applicant in the preparation, 
adoption and implementation of plans for the desegregation of public schools. Such technical assistance may, among other activities, include making available to such agencies information regarding effective methods of coping with special educational problems occasioned by desegregation, and making available to such agencies personnel of the Office of Education or other persons specially equipped to advise and assist them in coping with such problems. Section 404. Training Institutes. The Commissioner is authorized to arrange through grants or contracts with institutions of higher education for the operation of short-term or regular session institutes for special training designed to improve the ability of teachers, supervisors, counselors, and other elementary or secondary school personnel to deal effectively with the special educational problems occasioned by desegregation. Individuals who attend such an institute on a full-time basis may be paid stipends for the period of their attendance at such institute in amounts specified by the Commissioner in Regulations, including allowances for travel to attend such institute. Section 405. Grants. Subsection A. The Commissioner is authorized upon application of a school board to make grants to such board to pay in whole or in part the cost of 1. Giving to teachers and other school personnel in-service training in dealing with problems incident to desegregation and 2. Employing specialists to advise in problems incident to desegregation. Subsection B. Conditions. In determining whether to make a grant and in fixing the amount thereof and the terms and conditions on which it will be made, the commissioner shall take into consideration the amount available for grants under this section, and the other applications which are pending before him, the financial condition of the applicant, and the other resources available to it, the nature, extent, and gravity of its problems incident to desegregation, and such other factors as he finds relevant. Section 406. Payments. Payments pursuant to a grant or contract under this title may be made after necessary adjustments on account of previously made overpayments or underpayments, in advance or by way of reimbursement, and in such installments as the Commissioner may determine. Section 407. Suits by the Attorney General. Subsection A. 
whenever the Attorney General receives a complaint in writing. 1. Signed by a parent or group of parents to the effect that his or their minor children, as members of a class of persons similarly situated, are being deprived by a school board of the equal protections of the laws, or two, signed by an individual or his parent, to the effect that he has been denied admission to, or not permitted, to continue in attendance at a public college by reason of race, color, religion, or national origin. And the Attorney General believes the complaint is meritorious and certifies that the signer or signers of such complaint are unable, in his judgment, to initiate and maintain appropriate legal proceedings for relief and that the institution of an action will materially further the orderly achievement of desegregation in public education. The Attorney General is authorized, after giving notice of such complaint, to the appropriate school board or college authority, and after certifying that he is satisfied that such board or authority has had a reasonable time to adjust the conditions alleged in such complaint, to institute for or in the name of the United States a civil action in any appropriate district court of the United States against such parties, and for such relief as may be appropriate, and such court shall have and shall exercise jurisdiction of proceedings instituted pursuant to this section, provided that nothing herein shall empower any official or court of the United States to issue any order seeking to achieve a racial balance in any school, by requiring the transportation of pupils or students from one school to another, or one school district to another, in order to achieve such racial balance, or otherwise enlarge the existing power of the court to ensure compliance with constitutional standards, the Attorney General may implead as defendants such additional parties as are or become necessary to the grant of effective relief hereunder. Subsection B persons unable to initiate suits. The Attorney General may deem a person or persons unable to initiate and maintain appropriate legal proceedings within the meaning of subsection A of this section. When such person or persons are unable, either directly or through other interested persons or organizations, to bear the expense of the litigation, or to obtain effective legal representation, or whether he is satisfied that the institution of such litigation would jeopardize the personal safety, employment, or economic standing of such person or persons, their families, or their property. Subsection C. 
The term parent, as used in this section, includes any person standing in loco parentis, a quote-unquote complaint, as used in this section, is a writing or document within the meaning of Section 1001, Title 18 of the United States Code. Section 408. In any action or proceeding under this title, the United States shall be liable for costs the same as a private person. Section 409. Nothing in this title shall affect adversely the right of any person to sue for or obtain relief in any court against discrimination in public education. Section 410. Nothing in this title shall prohibit classification and assignment for reasons other than race, color, religion, or national origin. So ends Title IV of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. That feels like a good time to end this episode of the podcast. Uh, sleep tight. And we'll see you in the next episode, where I will continue reading the Civil Rights Act of 1964, starting with Title V. Commission on Civil Rights. Good night. <laughs>